The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. 100? I know, it's crazy. That is crazy. That it's, really is. Think about that. We do like, you know, one a week, right? But then it's been more well, than no, that. no, it's been more than yeah, that. Yeah, like so. Some weeks we used to do one a week. Now we do like two a week. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it happened pretty quickly. It's been a good couple of years. Last time crazy. We, when we celebrated our 50th episode, we had... Kanye, Coldplay, <laughs> Oprah. We had like this crazy party. Yeah. But this time we wanted to bring it. Sort of grassroots. I mean, uh, you know, we we've got. To bring it to more of a grassroots yeah, level. Yeah. Stripped down party. Right. Um, so Bill Gates will be stopping by. <laughs> He's going to have a Warren lot of good, good advice for small business Sure. Owners. Just kidding. All right. We'll be right back with our question about the biggest challenges facing small business owners right now after we hear from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. Today's question is a really good one. And mm. this is something that we, we get this question all the time. So I decided to shorten it and make it just really direct. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten it a lot. So if you're listening and you submitted a question like this, thank you for doing so. And it was on a lot of people's minds. Mm -hmm. What are the biggest challenges facing small business owners right now? So it's early 2018. Yep. It's Q1 2018. When yep. I'm recording this. So I think from what I see with small business owners is basically misunderstanding their role within their business. And what I mean by that is you start your business, you're doing everything, and then you start hiring more people or you hiring out to contractors, you've got vendors, and you're still really in the trenches focusing on the day-to-day -day when you really need to take a step back and look at the big picture. And I know that's hard to think about, like every day you're kind of in the weeds, but once in a while, we've talked about this a lot before, you do need to step back and start delegating some of that and start thinking about the big picture and like kind of moving your business forward. Because if you don't do that, who's going to do that? I agree. You know, Elizabeth, so I, I speak a lot. I go around the country and speak you know, a few times a month, four or five times a month to different industry groups and associations. And these are business owners of established companies, small and medium sized and even large companies. And um, I always share, I like to share the same story that... Um, you know, I, I, I meet so many people that are successful or that have been around for a while. They've, they've navigated their businesses through good time and bad, through recessions, through, you know, you know, boom times or whatever. And, and the people that I know that have survived, that have really been able to, to build a business and have it sustain for a while, they do exactly what you just said. They, they step back, but most importantly, they're always thinking ahead you know, like yeah. we're here in the first quarter of 2018. I promise you that the smartest business owners that I know, they're really not thinking about 2018 as much as you think. I mean, sure, they're keeping their eye on the ball. They want to make sure things are whatever. That's the day-to-day -day kind of stuff. But those people, they are thinking right now about 2019 and 2020, even beyond that as well. They are making decisions now based on the trends going on around the world and around in their area. 
about where to invest their money, where to spend money, um, you know, where, what directions they should be taking with their business. And the reasons why they're doing that and why they're successful is because they understand that people rely on them for their livelihoods. I mean, they have employees, they have customers, they have partners, they have vendors, they have suppliers, they have their community that are relying on them to, to make sure that their business is heading in the right direction, that they're thinking ahead, they're stepping back, and they're not, you know, if you're too much buried in the weeds of your business, um, you're not going to be able to see those things that are ahead. You're not making decisions that will keep your business going. So um, we should all strive for that. Our yeah. goal is to make sure that we are we have, we have built ourselves. People ask me like, well, so I'm so busy. Where do I go? What do I do? Well, Again, I, you know, I mentioned I speak at all these industry conferences. My advice to you, if you're listening, is you know make it a point once or twice a year to to go away from your business for a few days. Pick an industry conference or a trade show. Go to some of the educational events. Listen to the keynote. Walk around the conference floor. Have some time on your own away from your business. See what other people in your industry are doing. Here's some maybe some some advice from some thought leaders. It really will help you kind of look ahead. Um, and I think that is what your job is if you're going to be successful. That's such a great point. I even do that in my own job working for a large corporation. Mm -hmm. Like when I go to a conference, I can step back from what I'm doing. But in order to do that, you really do need to be willing to delegate something. Yes. And to, to take some stuff off your plate. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and we, we've talked about this in episodes past, 99 of them passed. Um, yeah. <laughs> the importance of delegating you know, work and, and making sure that you understand that if you're going to be doing stuff, Who's you know going to be doing that you know for you? I'll give you my own example. Like this year, 2018, I decided this last quarter I wanted to expand sort of the marketing services that my company provides. We sell customer relationship management software. We have about 600 or so active clients, um, and you know what? I I kind of feel like we could be providing additional help with these systems, marketing help with them. Like we can take the data that they're that are being used in these systems and use it to um, help them expand their websites. You know, there's social media sites, even do things like, you know, email newsletters, things like that. Things that my clients don't have the manpower to do. I think we can do that. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that for them. So my, my first thought was, okay, if I want to expand these services, I'm going to hire somebody that I'm going to bring in and mentor and grow over 2018 to get that person going. So the last couple of months of the year, you know, I've been searching. Um, I have found somebody um, that, you know, who I, I just interviewed, I've just hired her. She's going to start in two weeks and, uh, and I'm going to be spending a lot of time sort of developing her over the next few months that's, to getting that's that. That's the key though. It takes a little time in the beginning. It takes a lot of time. It does. It do I mean, I'm, I am prepared for the fact that she will be unprofitable for me for at least the next six months, actually the, the entire year for all is I know. Is she a consultant or did you hire her? No, she'll be an employee. employee. She'll be an employee. Oh, okay. And she is, and she's like, she's, she's a young woman in her like late twenties who is a lot of marketing background, work for another company. And, um, you know, and I will, you know, she will be working with me, um, and developing these services with, with our clients. That's and great. yeah, it's going to take some time and a little bit of investment. Um, but I guess the, the point is though, is that my first thought was, okay, this is what I want to do. This is the direction I want my business to go, or this is another line of service I want to offer. Another thing I want to do. The first thing that pops into my mind is, okay, who's going to do this for me? Yep. You know, I'm not, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be doing that on my own. Okay, so that's the number one biggest challenge. Maybe not the number one, but it's our first one today of biggest challenges facing small business owners right now, mm. Q1 2018. Gene, give me one. Yeah, so really on the battlefield, boots on the ground, when I talk to all of my 
all of these people that come to conferences and my clients and even myself, um, Elizabeth, it is um, everybody's biggest issue is finding good people. That's, that's like the number one issue is people, people, people in 2018. Um, where do you find them? How do you keep them motivated? Uh, how do you compensate them? And then also retaining your best people as well and making sure that you've got good workplace policies and you've got good compensation plans in place and benefits and all that kind of stuff. This is not a, an answer we're going to discuss on this episode because that's this is like 10 episodes of discussions yes. when you break it all down. Um, but if you're, you're, if you're like, oh my God, I have an issue of you know, getting good people for my company or even finding people, you're not alone. And, you know, I speak to, again, many manufacturing groups. I just, just one in particular, I just spoke to in Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. Um, they had to raise their hands. There were like 80 people in the room. And, uh, you know, we asked them how many people are, 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 are under, um, they're, they're working with not enough manpower and like 79 people raise their hands. They can't find Gosh. enough people to do the work. So when we talk about big issues for business owners, it's, it's a people issue in 2018. Okay. Number three. So number three is navigating um, cash flow. What I mean by navigating cash flow in 2018 is this. If we were having this conversation a number of years back, we'd be talking about government regulations, too high taxes, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. The reality is, is um, small businesses are doing pretty good. You know, optimism is certainly very strong. Uh, bank lending is pretty good right now. I've just reported on this in the Washington Post, uh, how banks are, you know, especially large banks are, are lending money um, at a higher pace than before. I'm not saying really? it's good. Large banks are large banks to small businesses, businesses at, a, at a high at their at their highest pace in, in a long, long at time. A at a good rate. Yeah, at a competitive rate. Now, don't get me wrong. The businesses themselves have got to still meet certain financials. Yeah. So they're not giving money away. But, you know, the Small Business Administration has been active in backing loans. They've been a help in this as well. Um, so it's 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 a strong economy. It really is. And, and I do predict that it will get stronger. I think navigating that growth is a big issue for 2018. Specifically what part? So managing your cash flow, managing your resources, deciding on where you're going to invest your money, um, and also um, not getting too fat and happy because this happens to so many people. You think that it's going to be like this forever. And we have to balance reinvesting in our business and growing our business with also not giving into the urge to spend all of our money because we think it's always going to be this way. We have to be saving um, and even pulling money out of our businesses as well and putting that away into other accounts. So there's different rules and rules of thumb. And again, that's another conversation as far as cash flow. How much cash should we have on hand? How much cash is too much cash or not enough cash in your business? Um, But there is, there's trigger points in 2018 that you have to look for. For example, you shouldn't have more than six months of cash sitting in your business. Um, if you're doing good and you're building up a little cash, that's great. Um, but really too much cash is not a good thing. It, 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 it drives down the value of your business and um, it should be pulled out. Um, while tax rates now are going to be lower in 2018, a lot of business owners are going to have some big decisions as to their organizational structure and how to maximize the ability to tax. So it's, these are great problems to have. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's a 2018 issue is how do we smartly navigate our cash this year? So what's the advice, you know, what's the takeaway as a business owner, we can't do this all ourselves. We need help. 
And if you've got a few extra bucks, this is the year that you really should be hiring um, or working with a good CPA, a good financial advisor, um, a good financial consultant, somebody who should be working with you um, now because you're busy and you're hopefully you're busy and you're selling and, you know, that's all great. Um, but you, you need somebody that can help you take a step back and look at look at the money, where it is and where it's going, um, and make sure that you're investing it and saving it wisely because you know, it ain't going to last forever. When you were, when you were talking, I was thinking I could never be a small business owner because I would have no idea how to manage cash flow. Well, it's funny that you say that too. Um, I just had this conversation with my, my son who just graduated college and he's working at, you know, at a company now. And right now he's got some decisions to make about like 401k plans and what is he, and like, and he's like, he's a pretty smart kid, but he's clueless when it comes to this stuff, his health insurance or whatever. And, and you know, my wife and I were explaining, well, you should do this. You have these kinds of choices or whatever. And you could tell he was overwhelmed. He's yeah. like, oh my God, you know, how do you, how does somebody learn all this stuff? Now we've been doing this now. I mean, I'm in my fifties. So, yeah. you know, it's over time you learn it, but you're right. As a business owner, you know, say you're, you're running an established business with 10 employees or 50 employees. There's like a lot to know about managing your cash. But as you said, you can hire people to help you do that. You do. Now, in the end, it's your cash. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you never delegate and then wipe your hands clean and like, oh, I get my accountants handling all that. I hate it when I hear people say that yeah. because your accountant, trust me, you know, not she doesn't so care. She doesn't care as much as you. Yeah. No one's going to care as much as you do. That's exactly right. No, no diss on accountants. But, you know, in the end, it's your cash. So you do have to keep an eye on it. But yeah, if you know, this is the reason why people bring on advisors and, and, and consultants and accountants, attorneys, because um, it's really, really important stuff. And I just want to hear what your options are. Absolutely. Like, I can imagine being a small business owner and thinking, I don't really know what to do here. I just want to be able to call someone and correct. talk it through, get my options. That's correct. And then you make the 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 end decision. That is correct. And think about it. There's so many different, like, should I get financing now? Interest rates are certainly, uh, they're heading up. You know what I mean? Should I, if I have excess cash, should I pull it out of my business? Should I keep it in? If I do keep it in or pull it out, do I put it in the stock market, which has been crazy? Or do I stick it under my mattress? Is now a good time to get more insurance? You know what I mean? Are there tax deferred plans? I can put money away to save for retirement or for my kids. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to, lot know. to know. So this is a year, 2018 of, I'm not saying we're all rolling in money. Don't, don't get that impression, but it's certainly better than it was a few years ago. And if you're making a few bucks, you've worked so hard at it. Don't make the mistake of just like staring at it. You got to be proactive with your money to make sure you're getting a good return and that it's safe. Okay. We'll be back after we hear from our sponsor with Gene's Word of Brilliance. Do you want to start a business, but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks, How to Find and Pursue a Business Idea That's Right for You, will help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality, and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. Okay, now that we've set you up for success in 2018 <laughs> and beyond, Gene is going to give us his word of brilliance. Yeah, I do have a word of brilliance. And I think it actually does dovetail into this. The, the word of brilliance is um, it's video. Okay? okay. Now, not what you think, but um, it's, um, do you know the show um, America's Funniest Home Videos? 
Yeah, I think everyone knows that show. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you ever watch that show? I've never watched it. That's it. That's my point. Okay. You've never really watched it, right? Um, it's. Do you know it's it's on every Sunday night? I'm not exactly their target audience. Well, I won't be so sure. It's on every Sunday night at seven o'clock on ABC. Okay. It has been on for twenty eight years. Yeah. Every week, Longer five. Than I've been alive. Five and <laughs> five and a half million people tune in to this show and I never watched the show. I used to watch it back in the nineties, but whatever, but now like, cause I, I'd be flipping by the show and be like, what is America's home video? Like have these people never heard of YouTube, you know, or Instagram <laughs> or, you know, like who is watching America's funniest home videos, right? Like this back in the nineties. No, I was saying this right now. I passed, but it's on a Sunday night. Like, I'm wow, settling. Geez, and I'm like, like who's really, but then I'm like, look at him. I'm like, the show is still on. I get, you know, whatever, yeah. five and a half million people. In fact, it is the number one rated show in its time slot during the summertime. I guess, well, obviously other you know, competing programming, 60 minutes is in, is in repeats then, but it's still, it's watched by a lot of people. Do you think to yourself, like what is going, like why? And, and there is a lesson to be learned from okay. videos, from America's funniest home videos. And it's this, um, whatever you do, right? There is an audience for everything. Now America's home videos isn't, it doesn't have the audience that it had back in the nineties because before the internet, but now, right? Five and a half million is nothing to sneeze at. It's yeah. a profitable show and it does quite well. There is always, it's a big country that we live in. 330 million people. There are billions of people in this world. Whatever you do for an occupation, there is an audience for what you do as long as you do it well. I watched an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos last week and you know what? It was pretty good. It's funny. <laughs> Stupid. It's silly. Was the audience was no, no, no. But they, the audience is voting. They're voting on their famous video, the grand prize, ten thousand dollar prize they can win. And then you I know, think that's the hook, though. It's the it's the voting. It's the like who's gonna. Win? I know why people submit the videos. That's a, yeah. certainly a hook to them. But but watching it, but no, it's fun. And I forget the name of the host. He's funny and it's a wholesome and it's family and it's great. It's right. So it's it's a good product. And it's aimed at a certain audience, and that audience is the, the the family audience of wholesome videos on a Sunday evening. That's you know that's what it is. And the takeaway is that whatever your business does, if you're really good at what you do, there will always be an audience. Nowadays, finding that audience is not as hard as it was even 20 years ago with the internet and marketing. So, if you're a fantastic blacksmith, if you are, a, you know, a, <laughs> if you're, I say, a blacksmith, okay, certainly, certainly, blacksmith jobs are not as popular as they were, say, 200 years ago when everybody was riding around in horses. But you know what? Plenty of horses around still. There really are. All right. So there are blacksmiths that are around and there are people doing this. There are iron-based companies that, that are making their living doing this. If you focus on Etruscan jewelry and that is your thing, trust me, <laughs> there is an audience around the world that also has the same kind of likes. If you have uh, certain specialties. That, listen, I read the newspapers still. I realize that it's a dying breed, but... Uh, you know, like a lot of people, newspapers still publish millions of copies a day because there is still an audience of people that read so the newspaper. Are, so what are you saying here? Like there's an audience for your business. You just have to go find those. That's people. right. And more importantly, more importantly, it doesn't matter what you do. It's as long as you're really good at it, you can find an audience for it. So, and I use America's family of funniest home videos as an example of that. And you think people should do that through social media or through? Well, it depends on what your business is. But my point is, though, is that if you, you, know, you always hear about people like follow your heart, follow your gut, do what you're passionate about. Yeah, I, I, I really do believe in that. And I also do believe that you can profit from that as well if you're very good at so it. There's always an audience. If you're interested in something, 
it's pretty much guaranteed there's some other weird person also. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly my point. I mean, people still, what do you call that? The people, taxidermists, like they're still in business. Sure. There's plenty of the taxidermists. Why, why would there be? Because there was a niche of people in this world that would like, there's a niche of people in this world that, and I can't understand this, are buying vinyl records. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds so much better on digital, but for some reason, these millennials are buying vinyl records. All right, fair enough. There's an audience for that as well. <laughs> There is, you know, people say with a big health food, you know, boom and vegetarian restaurants and all that. Meanwhile, there's millions of people eating Big Macs every day. Yeah. So there is, it's a big world. It's a big country. When was the last time you had a Big Mac? I'm going to guess it wasn't that long ago. I have Big Macs maybe three times a year. Oh, really? And okay. I last had a Big Mac in Chicago in December. Okay. So it wasn't that long ago. It was not. And it was amazing. <laughs> Amazing. It is like the most. If you're a new most... listener, I just want to give you some background. Gene loves junk food. <laughs> oh, so. I do. But I, mo but I moderate it though. I yeah. moderate it three times a year for my big match. Yeah. So. Um, I want to expand on your point mm -hmm. because you know, I love Instagram. Yes. And I just started following this guy on Instagram. His entire account, account is he just shows his lunch every day. Hilarious. And it's the same food every single day. It's either a piece of salmon or a piece of chicken with white or brown rice, some vegetables, and a little thing of, like, fruit. Right. And, I mean, he's a good photographer, so he makes it look appealing, but it's the same How many thing. followers does he, he have? He has 70,000 70,000. And if he keeps at it and has a little bit more... He, he can sell ads on Instagram. Yeah. People will, right? I mean, yeah. suddenly he's an influencer of, yeah. of, of lunch to have. So if you are a fan of having chicken or salmon <laughs> with white or brown rice and vegetables, I will link to this guy in the show notes. It's so funny. That's great. It cracks me up every day. And he even says the same thing every day about his, um, his lunch. There's he's an like, audience for everything. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. That's right. All right. Join us next time. We're going to be talking about our favorite books for mm. starting a small business. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.